podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's got to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Go! This Touchy Gooners episode is brought to you in partnership with Fanslide. Fanslide is the world's first in-play fantasy football game. You can play for real cash with your friends. So if you're into fantasy football, I really recommend it because there is the opportunity to win real cash and lots of it. You know, multiple games. You don't have to, you know, set and forget your team. Um, this is something that you can actively manage throughout the game. So, you know, if you're into football manager and things like that, it's it's quite similar, really. You make your subs after 20 minutes. You know, you 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 make the changes to how you think the game is going to go. It is the acid test of fantasy football. So if you think you're a great fantasy league player, I think you should test your wits in Fanslide. Um, the best opportunity to do this now would be the World Cup final on Sunday. You know, Fanslide will be operating on that. You can you can win thousands of pounds by by uh, getting involved in the action on on Fanslide. Um, all you have to do is download the Fanslide app. Um, it's on all available app stores. Um, and also, what Fanslide are doing in partnership with Touchdown Frackers is they're giving away a free football shirt of your choice. Right, absolutely any football shirt. All you have to do is download Fanslide and be a friend of Touchdown Frackers on there. How simple is that? Very, very simple. Also, what Fanslide are doing is if you refer a friend and they win, you get half their winnings. How amazing is that? So what more incentive to go and sign up and be a friend of Touchdown Frackers on Fanslide? Just download the app, be a friend of Touchdown Frackers and invite someone and you could be in the chance of winning some money without even doing anything. Anyway, guys, enjoy the podcast. Come on, you Lions. It's coming home. Good evening, good evening, my people. And welcome to another episode of Touchy Gooners. Unfortunately, Lewis has decided to skate out on us today. Um, obviously, he's driving his E-Class around because he's got a new car. So, um, yeah, he's just left us to do the hosting. Poor Lewis, poor Lewis. Um, but I'm here with two of our regulars. So, German DZ, how you doing? I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Oh, for someone who catches bare flights, you look bare fresh all the time. <laughs> I sleep a lot, innit? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this guy's glistening. He's always flying. Monaco here, New York here. I, I try, you, I try. I, I wish I had your skin, man. I feel old when I look at you, man. It's anyway. just aloe vera, bro. It's just aloe vera. <laughs> aloe vera, say no more. Anyway, we've also got Shay on. How you doing, bro? Yeah, bro. All good, man. All good. Cool, cool, cool. Right, so we're going to have a little chat today about all the guys on in the Arsenal world, but 
have to start with my star boy, Bakayo Saka. Because England have just won in the semi-finals to go through the Euros. And obviously, Saka came in for Sancho and put in the performance he did. Obviously, he was decisive. I just want to get some of you guys' opinions on the performance. German Dan, what do you think of Saka today? Um, I think I think it was obviously semi-finals, always like a, a tense game. It doesn't matter who you play against, what the opposition is. Always, there's always going to be some pressure. And I felt like England started kind of decently and then dropped off. And then... Um, and I don't think Saka has started that well, but he he really is like, I would say, I, I'm even putting my neck out there. I think he's a mentality monster, man. He realised he didn't start well and he started demanding the ball more, which he did in the other game as well when he played really well. And then um, it was probably like a 10, 15 minute spell when he was really good. And then in that spell, he ultimately created the goal, which um, which was the equaliser for England. I think, yeah, he's shown again, he can be a, a, a difference maker and, and a team or even playing ahead of players who people perceive to be better than him. And, you know, he, he can be a difference maker. And it really shows you how, how high of a level of player he is, um, that he, he jumped in that team as a young boy. Well, he's still 19, right? He's still not 20 yet. And he's, 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 actually, he's, a, he's actually starting games and making, making, making a big impact in those games. Yeah. Sean, did you watch the game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely as well. Um, I feel like what, what I'm even seeing, like like Dan said, he, he's a mentality monster because I don't even think what he did was all right. But I mean, we've seen him play a lot, lot better for Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? So like, I feel like for England, he's, he's a lot more isolated. He doesn't have the chance to combine as much, come inside as much. So like, he's doing all right. But I've, you know, I mean, we've seen him play at a high level, I believe, for Arsenal anyway. But for me, it's good to see, like, you know, we've had this discussion before about lack of players being called up internationally. And I think it reflects really well on him, the fact that, you know, he's above Sancho, he's above Foden, he's above Grealish, he's getting picked above all of them, you know what I mean? So, and obviously Wenger spoke about him being such a good all-rounder, the fact that, you know, he does a variety of roles really well. Like, you know, he came into the Arsenal team, he, he didn't start as a right winger in it, do you know what I mean? He came into the team at fullback, but he's played centrally, he's played on the left, but um, we've really seen the best of him on the right. So I'm proud, uh, really, really proud that we have, you know, a boy of this level and, and long may it continue and long may he continue to get better. Would any of you be starting contract discussions again, even though he signed last year? Yeah, 100 percent I think we need to renew yeah. this guy every summer, man. <laughs> <laughs> give him the bag, give him the bag. You know, one, you, yeah, yeah, sorry, I was gonna say, you know, one thing that really is good for me at the Euros, I think that generally is a, the appreciation for Saka has gone up because I still think people were underrating them underestimating them but I think that's a big big part of like yo this second guy's actually good now nah, he's, he's he's really good man so people seen him for what he is do you know what initially when Saka went to Euros I was a bit pissed because he was one of them players that was on the fringe and we weren't sure if he was going to go or stay and I wanted him to get a rest and come back to Arsenal but the way this Euros campaign has gone I'm actually thinking this is probably a good thing because I know he's going to come back feeling himself he's going to come back in his bag mad confident and I think that's going to be good for us going into the season, despite him missing pre-season. But one thing I wanted to ask you, because there's a lot of debates people are having here, especially on ones I'm seeing online, about Saka and ESR. We've got a 19 and 20-year-old. Are they people that should be in our starting eleven that we should be depending on if we want to chase top four? Or are those people who should be rotational players, obviously still get minutes, and backups that we don't really need to lean into? Um, and should we be looking to lean into more experienced players or even recruiting those positions. So it's interesting Saka having such a prominent role right now. I would like to get your thoughts on 
what do you feel like? Should we just be leaning into Saka with the right wing? That's our guy and have Pepe as his backup. Um, Sean, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, we're going into a, a, a one game a season week in it. So games are at a premium. Um, so we're going to be playing on average about 15 games less than we would usually play, you know, if we had Europe. So I will say, yes, I feel like they should be given the tools. Um, you know, when we were in a really dire state during the bad period of last season, they were the ones who really showed up. And I feel like they deserve the opportunity to, to one, you know, we've often spoken about young players need that continuous game time to develop. So, you know, I don't feel we should be getting in the way of them. Um, obviously, we, we, should, we shouldn't burn them out. Um, which I don't think they will be in in a one game a week season next season anyway. But we should also be buying the tools around them to push, to elevate them, you know, to if they do have periods of, of form where they do dip, which is inevitable with young players, we can, you know, easily just drop them out as well. So um, like you said, with, with if Saka does, I mean, Pepe will probably start the season, as you said, with, with Saka um, playing all the games in the Euros, which is fine. And then obviously we also need another creative threat as well. So, um, obviously, Emil's different because he's already back in pre-season now, isn't it? But we still need more, do you know what I mean, creatively. So um, to answer your question, yes, for me, they would still both start when fit. Um, but also just to improve the overall quality of the squad, we still need more options. Do you agree, Dan? Or... Yeah, I very much agree. I very much agree. And that I really view Yassan Saka as like the franchise player now for Arsenal. I think... I think this is quite different to what Arsenal teams have, um, have been in the past where we just had a lot of sort of players from big European nations um, being good for us. We actually now have two, I would say, top, top talents who are English. And um, the identification factor is very big. And I think both of these players also come through the Hellway and the Canaries. Not Those are not players that we bought um, two years ago or something like that. I think, um, and they're both good enough. They've shown that they, they're good enough to play for Arsenal for sure. For sure. Um, whether we can really, really rely on them to produce the numbers is, is another thing um, and, and we will see next season. Um, I do think that looking at the team and having seasoned pros like Aubameyang, um, Partey, um, even William, you could say, struggle in this Atata system. And um, <laughs> there's only the only way is up, is, is, my, is my thinking, because... So, so if Aubameyang is scoring ten goals only in 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 in, in, in this team, there's there's something wrong with the team and the the setup, not necessarily the quality. And I think Saka and Iesa have shown enough quality to be around around the team, and they can contribute. Yeah, we need more quality, but let's build with these guys. Nah, I think they're the they're the franchise man. Just play devil's advocate and push back on that. You say like obviously those two are the the franchise players, meaning that they're going to be your starters, start or bust, right? So then why are we looking at all this money to buy a number 10? Because for me, at least, when I watch Emil Smith-Rowe, I think he plays well on the left and I think he plays well in the 10. But I feel like with his qualities and attributes, particularly that he's so good off the ball in terms of his movement and actually causing offensive teams to move around, he's, this is why he, his impact is so influential in the team. He makes opposition players move around when they're packed in their defence. And that's so important with creating attacks. So if he's his franchise player, I think you get more from him in the 10. And that's his best position, in my opinion. I feel like you lose a lot of that when he's on the left wing. He can still do the job. He still runs in behind, come short, spin off and make his fullback run. But I think you lose a lot from him with throw. So if you're saying that, would you then go buy a 10 in the window? Or would you, or a 10 who's going to be of higher quality, like a Madison, like um, obviously Odegaard's not available now. Uh, is that what you'd go and do? 
I think we need to, this team is in addition to a team that plays 4-3-3 anyway. And I view Smith Rowe as a player that can play the eight role. And we, we know that he's very good off the ball. So he's a player that's actually quite measured in his movement. He doesn't just make runs after runs after runs. He, he, he waits for the right moment. He creates the right moments and situations with his movement and his passing. So I think he can play as an eight. So I would still be um, for signing a creative player that can play 10 or eight, which is like a medicine. I think he can do that as well. And I get your concerns about ESR on the left and um, maybe not maximizing his talent there. I still think he's like super, super talented. So, and I actually like him on the left. He like, he reminds me of Grealish a little bit on the left. So I don't mind ESR on the left. And I think naturally the team needs to progress into a 4 3 3 where you can have a 10 that you buy and then you can have also play ESR as D8 um, alongside and some games for sure. You're on mute, bro. Sorry, mute. Yeah, sorry about that. Coming back to Saka again, yeah. So I think it's been nice that we've seen this kid grow and grow and grow this season. And it's it's just been beautiful to watch. But when I when he came in the team, I felt that the best thing about him was he did the basics really well. And a lot of us said that straight away, even though a lot of us underrated him when he first came in. It, the basics were solid, like always a good first touch, shielded the ball well, didn't lose it. Um, didn't really make silly mistakes that you expect youngsters to make on the pitch, like in terms of misplacing dead passes and stuff. His fundamentals were solid. But then obviously, especially with his move to the right where he can see the whole picture, he's added a lot to his game. There's a lot of unpredictability now. He's going at players more interestingly. He can dribble more coming inside or outside. But when I watch Sterling, I see there's another level for Saka because we've seen what Sterling has done in this tournament and Sterling is an incredible wide player. But Sterling started in a similar way as a very promising young player getting minutes at a big club. Where tactically do you see Saka's evolution coming from in his game? Because as you said, Sean, a bit earlier, he's a good all-rounder. So he's got a lot of feathers to his bow. But where do you see his next tactical evolution that's really going to take him to the next level? I, I think I think it's quite obvious. I think it's definitely a product. We, we've spoken about it with, with Saka. I think he has a lot of good facets, you know, um, you know, when we were saying he couldn't dribble, he showed us he could dribble better. We even said, you know, he, he, he's not really a mover off the ball, but he started to show us he could move off the ball. You saw that again for the goal today. So he's shown us a lot of different facets. But I think if there was one that we could really nitpick, it's, it's, it's the finishing because, you know, he gets himself into some decent promising positions. But And he even strikes the ball well, but I just think it's it's a, it's a composure thing. So it's, it's a practice. And I feel the same way about ESR as well. I feel I, when I watched him, I feel like they both have goals in them. So I, I feel like that's the natural next step because, you know, you, you compared him to Sterling and the a criticism of Sterling when he was younger was that, you know, he would get into promising positions and, and that he was wasteful. And to an extent, he still is um, at times. But, you know, people don't care because, you know, we often talk about um, the best goal scorers are the ones who always find themselves in goal scoring positions more often than not. So that would be my sort of... Um, yeah, next evolution from him. Obviously, he's uh, he likes the ball to feet a lot as well. But I think, obviously, to to add that next dynamic to your game, it will be to go in behind a lot as he's starting to show more and, you know, getting on the end of moves. Um, you can score like, you know, when we see Sterling at City, how many goals he scores just arriving at the back post um, for a tap-in and people will be like, oh, that's such an easy goal. But but no, it's about, you know, that sort of positioning. I often remember when Freddie Lundberg used to play as well. Like, he used to come up, just uh, pop up at the back post. It's an easy way to add like an additional five goals to your tally um, all the time. So yeah, I think that that would be the next stage for him. Um, and, I, and I hope he works on that, obviously, when he, when he comes back um, ahead of next season. So in the league, it's 
Oh, do you have anything to add on that, Dan? Yeah, I do, I do think that um, I think that needs to. Obviously, I don't know when that's happening because Saka is still young, and and we've seen him add things to his game so fast and so quickly. That's not normal, and it could maybe be a year or two and until the end product becomes really like sustained. But I think for him to to go up another level is he needs to actually be he needs to be going for goals. So like you know the way that some players have stopped doing less with the ball and start going more off the ball, and we've seen. We've seen the facets that he has the he has the intelligence to make the runs. He exploits the space well. It just has to be the repetition has to be more often and the execution be better. And then I think once he has like once he realizes that the recognition that will go up like his recognition and appreciation will go up the more goals he scores, the more hungry he will be for that and the more he will exploit that facet of the game um, rather than other stuff that he does quite well, but you don't get as much recognition for, you know, so and once that once that that flip switches, well, I think then you you have just like ridiculous players, to be honest. And I don't I don't see it too far off because that that kind of evolution towards has already happened in the second half of the season for the first three months, I would say in particular. Um, so maybe 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 it will happen in the next two years. Maybe it will happen next season. I, I don't know, but that's the next step where I'm thinking, rah, this could be an attacker where you like, yeah, he can score, he can assist. He's gonna go. He's gonna get double figure goals. I think what what he six goals last season. Double figure is not out of reach for him at all. Um, and, and and he did get himself into a lot of promising positions that he didn't really take advantage of this season yeah. as well. That's why I said the movement. So you can you can see it. It's in front of you. You can see it happening. So it's just a case of bringing it all together. So and like you said, I think it's probably only just a matter of time before it happens. Okay. Now, so just a quick number, quick fire. What would you want in terms of goals and assists in the league? for Saka next season as uh, would you say yeah th- this is progression this is where I want him to be 8 many... and 8 for me the numbers 8 and 8 how, how, yeah I was going to say how, how many did he get this season in the league because 6 was all comps wasn't it so how, how many did he was it or was Check. it in the league as well I'm not sure I would kind of like him to get more than 15 goals and assists in the league in the, so mm-hmm. is that combined yeah combined yeah Ooh, you think that's doable I think if he gets eight goals, eight assists, I think he's going to start taking more set pieces as well. And that was one of the things where I also think he can, he can, um, he can kind of boost his numbers a little bit. He has a good delivery, and um, I think taking in swingers, taking corners, um, taking out swingers, free kicks. I think we have a new set piece coach, so we were not good from set pieces last season. But I think Saka would start taking. He was taking set pieces for England. Yeah. And we know England have a lot of good set-piece takers. So yeah. um, I can see that maybe a facet of getting a few more assists for him. And then the goals, Jenny, I want him to get between six and eight goals next season. You've got five in the league this season. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel... Yeah, I feel like he should be aiming for 15 goals and assists, like, combined, like, as a minimum, personally, for me. So I would say, yeah, I would say eight goals, seven assists... Is a, is a decent return for him. You know what? I, I, I think he should be able to double figures. Uh, it's not out of the realms of possibility, like I said, because he finds himself in those positions a lot. And I just don't want to put too much pressure on him. But I, do you know what? But I think you're right, though, at the end of the day, if we want to be achieving our sort of stated objectives, um, we will need, you know, a big contribution from him yeah. and ESR, basically, as well. So, so they will need to contribute because I think it, it was this season, you know, Oba was way off... Um, Laka was the top scorer, wasn't he? So, 
and then um, Pepe had a few. But yeah, I just feel like there needs to be an uplift from everyone in in that whoever's playing in that front four needs to have a huge uplift um, if we're going to be wherever we want to be next season. So yeah, I agree. I agree cool. with that. So obviously, um, transfer season. All we got to talk about is damn transfers, man. Because there's no. <laughs> But pre-season starting, and I know all you nitty saw that seven ninety nine deal from Arsenal.com. I was thinking, hmm, get them. <laughs> no, there, there's the, club because there, they frustrate me. But I'm going to end up paying for it. I would pay uh, for it. There, there's right. no new players. I said when there was new players, I'll, I'll, if there was new players, I would have paid for it. There's no new players right now. They, they don't deserve it. So Wait, I'm, doing it. I'm, I'm not going to pretend I won't pay for it. I'm not going <laughs> to. That's my boy, Dan. <laughs> You're in the trenches with me, tapping your arm. <laughs> you get needle, fam. Oi, listen, listen, Arsenal, they keep getting me back in, man. I can't <laughs> escape. <that. laughs> it's, it's, it's the worst type of drug, in it? <laughs> anyway, so looking at the transfers, yeah. So obviously we've got no confirmed transfers, but if rumours are to be believed, um, our three signings that are relatively close to completion are Tavares, left-back from um, Benfica, um, Lakonga from Anderlecht, centre mid, young centre mid, and potentially Ben White from Brighton. So, what is that? That's 15, plus 50, sorry, mil plus 15, what's that? 65. So, that's what, 75 mil, just, just shy of 75 mil. Now, there's a big debate to be had that if you have 75 mil to spend and you come back with <laughs> Lakonga and your team's Death, it's not when it wants to be. And you come back with Lukonga, Tavares, and Ben White, that you have been swindled. <laughs> you have been swindled miserably. And you could spend, you could do a lot more with that money to move the needle a lot more for your 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 team and be um, better your chances of actually achieving your objectives. So um but a lot of the debate is about squad players and oh yeah, because when Tierney was out, the fall-off was mad. So if we have someone who can replace Tierney, it's good. When Party's out, the fall-off is mad. So if we've got Lokonga there, it's good. Obviously, Ben White would be coming in as a starting sign, and I'm assuming to play ahead of holding. But what do you lot think about the use of money? Um, and what do you think about those three signings in particular as a package? Like, so for 75 mil, you've got those three players, particularly this summer. With what we need to do, what are your thoughts about that? We'll start with Shell because you're unmuted. Yeah, I, um, I think in isolation it doesn't look good. I think we can all say it doesn't look good, but obviously, I'll and I, I like you said, I, I get the argument in terms of we need to raise the floor of our team as well. So, you know, when our starters were out last season, the replacements were very, very poor. So, I, I do get that argument, and um, it's just annoying that obviously those are the first transfers we're doing. Like I said, if we're sitting here at the end of the window and that's the only three transfers we've done. And I think everyone will be, you know, throwing their toys at the pram and rightly so. So obviously I'll wait till the end of the window. But for me now, there's no excuse. Like I don't want to hear any excuse about X player was too expensive or this, that, Do you know what I mean? You've already spent 75 mil worth of players who, who don't move the needle. So if now you're saying that you can't get your other targets because of money or, you know, there just wasn't enough. It's, it's just not going to wash with me. Do you know what I mean? You've had a long, long time. We're already six, seven weeks into the transfer window. Pre-season has started today. Um, you know, the season starts in like, probably like another six weeks. So, um, so yeah, I mean, time, time is now ticking. So really and truthfully, you've got to get a move on. I don't, like I said, me personally, I'm not, I don't have a problem with Ben White, but the fee is astronomical. 
Um, obviously, we know it's been raised, you know, I think it's just a going rate for English defenders, um, English players generally. So I get it. It is what it is, but it's not a nice fee. It's very, very expensive. And obviously, I mean, we don't need to relitigate the Saliva stuff and what, and what it means for him. Um, so it is what it is. But if we get him in, I hope he does well. Um, Lokonga, I do like. I do actually like his profile. Um, it, the more I see of him statistically, there was a, a statistical comparison with Party, and it looked it looked really really good in terms of you know replicating pretty much similar quality. So I'm actually, I think that signing makes a lot of sense. Um, just because also he can play as a six and an eight, so I feel like he he ticks a lot of boxes. So no problem with that one for me. Tavares, do you know what? Like I said. As long as Tini's fit to play every game in you know, a one game a week season, I don't care too much about him. And it means no Colas in Atira. So I'm not upset at that, like I said. So at the moment, I'm reserving judgment. Um, because at the end of the day, we need there are three big signings. Well, I mean, you could argue more, but I think centre mid, 10, right back, you know, those are the signings we're looking at now in terms of the ones that will move the needle. So if we don't get that, um, people will rightly throw their toys out of the pram and, and rightly so. What do you think, uh, German Dan? Yeah, I think just looking at all three profiles, like Sean has described, I, I don't like the left leg, I don't know too much about. And um, Ben White, I just the fee is a bit higher for me, but I think as a profile, athletic ball playing English centre back, I don't mind it. I think it's actually quite good that we that we go in um, after that type of profile. Um, I would have him overholding any day of the week, you know, it's just the fee is a bit mad. Lokonga, I'm very happy with our pursuit of him. Um, I think that's a that's a that's a great sort of profile to to get and an understudy to Partey perhaps. Um, yeah, generally the outlay slightly concerns me, however, because I'm looking at the the money and thinking, okay, yeah, I know we need to raise the floor, but um, are we going to be able to um still acquire the desired level of quality that we want in the positions of centre midfield, um. And number 10 maybe forwards and maybe right back and there's still a lot of work to do so you really need at least another 80 to 100 mil to do that and if we're already spending 80 mil on raising the floor I think I would prioritize um the first 11 and kidnap that first 11 rather than you know the squad even though I like all three profiles I have to caveat but um in some way, I have that weird feeling now um, that Arsenal have a lot of money to play with this summer. We've we've seen a lot of bids go out. We've seen a lot of movement, a lot of links. Um, I think they have a lot of money to play with. So maybe my concerns, I'm also um, thinking that, yeah, we don't have enough money to do it, but we probably do. Um, I think they're, they're, they're fine to splash the money this summer. So those three um, signings are cool um, for the first phase. For the second phase... Listen, they need to bring us absolute quality. Uh, otherwise, it's just not acceptable. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. So maybe there's a lot to be said about the order because if they had assigned these couple men after they'd signed the 10 and the CM, I think everyone would be calm and the right back. But the right back links have gone a bit cold. So everyone's a little bit worried that because if Bellerin leaves and we go the season with Chambers and um, and uh, what's Cedric. Old Cedric. Old Cedric. Cedric. Cedric, yeah. Boy, I don't really know about that, you know. That 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 would worry me still. That would worry me. But um, anyway, I think we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. We'll judge them at the end of the window, as they've said. And um, I say, if there's no CM, if I do not see Basuma in an Arsenal top, <laughs> hellfire. <I swear. laughs> 
because I've got my. Yeah. I, I, they keep belling me to renew my club level season ticket. Yeah, mm. swear down. They're not seeing a penny of my money. <laughs> not seeing a penny of my money, bro. Anyway, moving on. I would like to discuss the kind of um, weed that they have in Birmingham and the way they're distributing it. Boy. <laughs> For me, they all seem mad. Because tell me it's not mad. We told you once and we lost you out of the room when you try and bid for our star boy at Emerald Smith Road. And you come back, not even bid, yeah? You bid 25 mil. The cheek of you, you dirty bastard. Cheek <laughs> of you. Literally, like, they're trying to rob him from us. Then, to come back and put five mil on top, like, you're, like you're doing us a favour. And to come back for a third bid. So what is going on in this situation? Is it agent talk trying to get more money? Is it the fact that he wants promised to be the starter? He wants a number 10 shirt? Is it the fact that he actually doesn't see a pathway for himself and wants to leave? Are they offering him 120 racks a week and we're offering him 40? What, what do you man think is happening? Because I can't understand the club coming back three bids if there's no smoke in there. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it, it, do you know what? At first, it didn't worry me. <laughs> but I'm starting to be worried now. Like, Do you know what I mean? So... Uh, the club need to put me out of my misery. Obviously, I saw ESR in the training kit today. He was smiling. He looked happy. So I was like, and and part of me just thinks that I, I just don't even understand why it would happen. He's a London boy. He loves Arsenal. I can't even imagine him going up to Birmingham. Like It, just, it doesn't suit him, his personality. Um, and he's happy here. Like, do you know what I mean? Arteta plays him every game. So um, fitness permitting. So yeah, I, I, I just don't see why he would. He's, he's at his hometown club. He's happy. Um, so I, I feel like it is just a money issue. Um, and obviously the agent is using Villa as leverage um, to get his boy a nice contract. And it is what it is. Like, essentially, you're going to have to start paying. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're happy to pay, because what it looks like, like we haggled ages for Ben White, but it looks like we're going to pay the 50 million anyway. Do you know what I mean? So you might as well, you're going to end up just having to give this guy what he wants. Do you know what I mean? So, and when, and probably, you know, I'm sure players talk there so he'll probably have a wind of what certain players in the squad are earning, do you know what I mean? So, and he just wants to be compensated accordingly. So for me, I, I think you just have to do it. I, I feel like, like, you know, we had the discussion about how important, like having Hairland guys in the team are for, you know, the culture and the soul of the squad. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think I would just push the boat out. It, obviously, I know he's 20, he's still young. And obviously it's on the back of six months for him. He's still got a lot to prove, but... You know, I, I really do believe in him and Saka. So um, they, 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 for me, you know, like Dan said, they're franchise players. So I would do right. what I need to do to, to to make sure they're tied down for the foreseeable future. Devil's advocate, obviously, Emerson Foro is not without his injuries and all that. Um, if his agent says, right, we've got one year left, I want 120 bags. Otherwise, he's going to take him to a villa. Do it. Five years, do it. That's yeah, because because at, at the end of the day, like if you bear in if, mind, you just put Saka on sixty or whatever it was. Well, do you know what? If they are going to be what you say they're going to be, then just do it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like I, I get it, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, it is a, it is a lot of money. But I feel like, like you say, I agree here. If you did lose him to Villa, I think the optics on that one look mad. The Wendy one I could dispute, but I think. This one looks crazy. If Emery Smithrow leaves Arsenal to go to Aston Villa, that is crazy. Hey, I'm coming are... out of every group chat. <laughs> no one will see me. I will be supporting. Uh, listen, 
basketball? Who's doing basketball? Who's doing basketball? Hey, I'll start following basketball last summer, bro. Big man, I will support the Phoenix Suns. All you will see is like my Abby, everything will be Phoenix Suns. That's it. Me and the Phoenix Suns got. And it'll be like, oh, football. I ain't watched that sport in years, man. I think it look, yeah, it will reflect so badly on us if 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 he if he goes there, like, do you know what I mean? So you know, yeah, yeah. I, so I just feel like we just have to do it. We just have to do it. And to be fair, I'm sure he's not even asking for 120. Obviously, I know you were just using that as devil's advocate. Yeah. I'm sure he's probably asking for around something like 60, 70. Yeah. I can't lie. I'll give it to him. Listen, us, to us, him. us need to pay up. And I also view it in the way, like, ESA, what, we're going to give him probably a five-year contract. Um, I'm sure that we'll have like incremental um, and, and increases in the contract and probably a lot of sort of performance related bonuses. But listen, give him give him a good wage like for the next five years. He'll be 25 then. And if he's if he's the player that we think he will be, then when he's like 24, then we look at or 23, we're probably looking at giving him like 200k. So that needs to be the you know the cadence needs to be right. You can't be on like 60 and then. In three years, on you know, it just doesn't make sense. We need we need to bring him up to that level. He's a he's a regular starter for Arsenal Football Club. The players that are on the bench are getting 70, 80, 90. Wow. Um, Kolas- is not even a player. Kolasinac is on one twenty. Wow. <laughs> if I was his agent, I'm looking at scrubs like Cedric here, yeah? and I'm like, yeah. you pay that man sixty bags, and you want to pay me fifty bags? I are think Cedric mad? is. I think Cedric is even on more. Like, I think he's on oh, close to 100. If I was his agent, I'd be cleaning up. I'd be like, yo, listen, you've got class snatch there. He's like a turkey. He's on 120. <laughs> that old man's on 60 banks right there. You pay my client yeah. 110 banks. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who tweeted it, but I saw someone tweet like, listen, ESR's agent got a free client. One of them is Zag Medley, some other guy I don't know, and ESR. So, of course, he needs the oh, bag, bro. That's the golden goose. That's the golden that's goose. My man is squeezing every penny. <laughs> He's working hard for his 5%. 5% over um, three years. He's working Like the good man he is. He should do uh, that, man. Because uh, that's feeding his family. He's looking at his kids. Uh, his kids are there. Daddy, daddy, can I have this toy? Daddy. Wants his kid. Wife saying he want to go to private school. No, nah, he's, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. Right, right. Free clients. And two of them are what? Non-league and somewhere else. All right, say no more. Yeah, you need, you need to pay up. Well, pay we'll up see. Hopefully, all of this gets put to bed soon. ESR signs a contract and we can all breathe. Um, yes, I can't lie. It's mad annoying seeing Aston Villa fans tweet about ESR every every other day and putting them in in Villa in Villa shirts. I'm, I, bro, I'm seeing him. They're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like ESR with Wendy is gonna look brave. Oh, it's an, it's annoying me. Baffles me. I'm like, how dare you? Oh, we are down bad, man. Is this what a football feels like? Is this what it feels like? We're down so bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're talking like, oh, I even saw a Villa friend the other day. It's like, I know it might be a bit unrealistic. Players we should sign next season. I, I see Saka. I was like, are you eh? mad? Boy. <laughs> oh. a Villa friend. I was like, are you mad? We, can't, we haven't fallen off that much. <laughs> but yeah, the fact they're talking about it and they're talking about it with their chest out is... Um, it's just crazy, bro. It's a bit, bit of a madness. But anyway, so um, moving on to... Um, Cheap and cheerful. Yesterday, what's his name? Alex Bernardo, whatever, comes out with a tweet. Arsenal have made a bid for between 20 to 25 million euros per hour, and it's not far off what Leon won. Mm. Leon are pissed, bro. You know, like when you're selling something on Gumtree, <laughs> good offer, and you think, yeah, I can get more, and then you can't get nothing, so you have to sell it for half the price. 
It's like they're on Depop, bruv. <laughs> but but it's, it's their fault. They messed it up last summer. With, with, well, his brother messed it up last summer. Do you know what I mean? We, you know, with, with what they were asking for. So, and, and he could have gone. And like you said, they could have had nearly double the money for our last summer. And now, do you know what I mean? They're down bad because they didn't get Champions League football either. Yeah. So... What do you lot think of that? Um, what, well, obviously, we've discussed our length last season, but things, times change, things move on. What do you lot think about that potential signing now in 2021? Run it, that, man. Yeah, for that money, it's, for me, it's, it's a no-brainer. And I feel like that sort of move does signify a change to 4-3-3. He's very much a 4-3-3 player because he's not a 10, like, you know, like an Odegaard-type 10. Um, he's I've seen him playing a pivot. I've seen him playing a 4-3-3, obviously sometimes from the left, but I feel like he's the sort of guy who's tailor-made for like the left centre mid position in a 4-3-3. That's, you know, ideally where I see him. So I would I would love to have it for that for that, um, for, for that price. Do you know what I mean? Like you said, we just generally need a quality uplift because, and also, you know, we've just spoken about um, not impacting ESR. Our's the sort of player who can play with him, without him, do you know what I mean? So they could coexist within the same side. So um, that sort of signing makes a lot of sense to me. A lot of sense, especially for that price. Yeah, because you could see because they both played off the left and they both played ten. You can see them both just interchanging that position whenever they feel like it. So that would that would be a sign in at ten, which complements ESR rather than like stores his progress, which you just said. Um, but it's interesting because the price is is really what's making it attractive. Like obviously, if you think sixty mil or whatever they wanted, Olas chatting rubbish last summer saying I want sixty mil, blah blah blah, but. You, you probably turn your nose up at it and think, nah, especially after the, apparently he's not had a good season or not had the best season in the world. But question, you've got James Madison there at 60 mil, all in. And then you've got Awa there at what? So it was 20, 17 million pounds to 23 million pounds. Which one are you lot taking? I'm taking... If, if we've got money to play with as we assume that we have. Yeah, I still, I still kind of... Listen, I, I'm a Nigerian man. I do like a bargain, yeah. I see our for this money. There's no way we can let that slip. We need to. We need to grab that. You know, Madison. That's the, that's the market rate, I guess, for him. You know, it would be a good signing as well. Don't get me wrong, but our for that can't. You know, I need that man. And yeah, I need that. I'm gonna need that for real. I hear because especially especially if you could say like you could say you could get him and then like Renato for like thirty mil as well. So then imagine you had like a midfield free of. Party Renato and our that then ticks all the boxes you know you want from a midfield trio and all of a sudden you know we've just spoken about moving the needle that's a very strong midfield do you know what I mean and I do think that moves the needle and obviously I get like our hasn't been great the past season but and he can also be a bit temperamental um, as you know sometimes North African players can be however you've also seen our at the top level of the Champions League balling out against the likes of Man City you really see what he can do at the top level and that top level is like we need, do you know what I mean? So if, if it means I don't have to see people like El Nenny again, psh, mate, yeah, yeah, they, they need to they need to make that signing happen. I can't lie, like I, I I sort of like just was resigned to that signing, you know, passing by. Like, but if I just come up again, I'm kind of like, no, 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 he's still got quality, man. Bring him, bring him, bring yeah. him, bring him. I went back to watch some of the comms, bro. Yeah, boy, this this, this boy can <laughs> you've got play. To, you've got talent. <laughs> he can play. Got ability coming out of his is, and that's the thing. Now, obviously, at that price, are there any downsides to the signing? Because, like, the pros, I'm thinking, obviously, even if he flops, we can kind of sell him for the same price when the market recovers. 
or we sell him for something similar. We won't lose mad P on him like um, Pepe, for example. But um, are there any negatives to that signing? I can't see many. I can't see many. I think the only thing that I would say with a why is that people, or last summer, I definitely felt people had the wrong perception of what type of player he is. This man is not a not a um, high volume chance creator, in my opinion. He's a destabilizer in midfield. He um he goes past players. He creates situation. He creates overloads. He gets players in good positions to then do things. And he can also affect the game himself. But I don't think he's what people made him out to be last summer. But he's he's a player of very high quality, as, as you already mentioned. It's like we've seen him in in high pressure, high quality games, and. Like the technical technical level of those games is higher than anything we've seen Arsenal play this season, mm-hmm. and he was running those games. He was making the the difference in these games when you have the De Bruyne's on the pitch, you have Mares on the pitch, you have you know this is a player that is of yeah top 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 quality. And there's a lot of good players out there. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good players out there, which is which is I don't want to bash him or uh, say that I don't like him, which is why I was kind of against Buendia because he looks like a good player to me, but is it is it top top quality? Whereas with Awa, I know and I've seen it already that, yeah, this guy can influence games at the highest level. So I don't see too many downsides. The only thing I would say, he's not he's not a, top, um, he's not a high volume chance creator. But as far as midfielders go, as far as aids go, you won't find a better value for money on the market. I don't I don't think. And that's the thing as well. Like you, you think of like Awa, everyone's known about Awa for like four years. He's still only 23, you know. He's actually still, he's only, and this is not even like uh, an old, he's only just turned 23. Do you know what I mean? So I, I still feel like there's a lot of upside to him. Do you know what I mean? And obviously his, his stock has fallen a bit, but I mean, when he was at his, the, the top Real Madrid, Juve, um, PSG, all the top teams wanted him. All the top teams wanted him. Um, I remember when he played against Man City, Pep was like, oh, this guy, like he's got ability. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I still feel like, I feel like it might just be a case of, He's reached the end of his tether with Lille. He just needs to move to reinvigorate him and reinvigorate his career. So, yeah, um, I feel like it, it could be a decent fit. I feel like it's a move that makes sense. And I can't lie, just partly, Awal's always looked like an Arsenal player to me. Whenever I've seen him, he just looks like an Arsenal player. When you think about, you know, what Arsenal are about in terms of the football, he he definitely fits that bill for me. And it's a drop in the ocean, really, 17. That's what we spent on Socrates. To kind of have one decent season for us. Oh, it's, it's basically what we're spending on the Conga. Yeah. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. Do you know what I mean? So it's basically the same money we're spending on the Conga for a proven, a, do you know what I mean? So a proven national Champions player, player, Champions League player. So, okay. So it's hard to think of negatives, but I can think of a couple. So the ob- when you sign a player, even if you get them on a the cheap, there's an opportunity cost in your squad. So you're not going to get another player. So if he comes in and is temperamental, moody, flops, that's a player that could have been effective for us that wasn't. So there's that factor. So someone else could have come in and slapped. The second thing is, as Dan mentioned earlier, he's not really that high volume chance creator. And I completely agree with you. I feel like he's a guy who is technically able and is able to create moments because he can dribble from midfield. So he destabilizes defensive a bit. But he's not that final ball guy who's going to literally put it on a plate for people. But then if we've not got, obviously we've got him, we've got ESR, who's not really that guy yet. We've got Saka, who's not really that guy yet. Who is going to be that guy? And are we really going to get the 
real quality in the final third that we're looking for. And I feel that that's what we're missing. That real top quality, like a Grealish brings. So it allows you to convert so many of your promising situations into genuine opportunities. And that is a real important part of the development of this team going forward because we really need goals. So if we sign our, how do you feel the team lines up in terms of the personnel that we have? So we're going to put an imaginary CM as well in the mix, just imaginary CM, our, with Emil Sofro, Aubameyang, Pepe, um, uh, Saka. How do you see that lining up as a first 11, um, either straight away or over time, whichever one you decide to, to choose? And this is where I don't quite know, because Arteta is mad, unpredictable to me. I don't know what this brother is doing, to be honest. Um, but this is where I've, my vision would be Partey as the, the holder, Awa as the eight, and Osmith Rose the other eight. And I would actually sign a wide forward that is um, creative and um, dynamic. I like dynamic wide forwards. So I would, I know Jeremy Doku is not something that's going to look realistic, but that type of profile, so that type of player, um, I know I've mentioned it before. Um, I don't think, I don't think, we should go for him anymore, actually. But again, the type of role for like Kingsley Coleman, like the player that would, he's going to get the ball, he's going to attack his man and he's going to make things happen, but he's also technically secure. So I think that's the type of role for we then need to complement the team that the increase of dynamism and increase of technical quality centrally will allow us to then sustain pressure better, win the ball back better and ultimately just create more chances. Um, I think once, once they establish also their connections, I think, for example, any... Any forward that we sign on left-hand side needs to come inside, needs to be capable in the in the half space there because Tierney is on the outside. So mm. it's about complementing the um, the players that are already there and are very good. Um, so that's how I would line it up. But I, I don't know what cheating. I would do. You're, that's cheating because you're signing a wide forward, wide forward, isn't it? I'm not letting you sign a wide forward. So we no. are coming personnel. How are you lining up with our... So you've said you want party at the base, our... And um, uh, Smith Rowe, um, and then I'm assuming you want Saka on the right. Yeah, Saka on the right, definitely. Yeah. Over up top. So who else are you putting? Are you putting Pepe on the left? So you saying uh, while is going in midfield, you saw. Boy, I would I'd still do party midfield, obviously. Um, I I think we were going to sign another centre midfielder, in in addition to Awa. So let's see who that is. But just working off the squad now. And uh, I'm sure Dan Coogs and real one will laugh at, and not laugh or smile at this. I can't lie. I would I would put Willock in there if we have three man in midfield. Willock run around, disrupt things. Um, I'm hopeful, <laughs> Leroy, man. I'm hopeful we sign another CM. Ideally, like I would I would go for someone, but um, it's a completely different profile. Um, so yeah, maybe Smith or Wide. Um, some games Pepe left, some games Saka left, some games Pepe right. Um, I think I think you can rotate it, and I think there's flexibility in 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 the in the wing in the wings with Pepe, uh, ESR and Saka. Um, I would definitely stick with Awa and Partey centrally. Um, ultimately, those are the cogs, and then the other three are like rotational and depending on game situation. I'd say. Um, Sean, any thoughts about how you'd line up um, if you stand Awa? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too dissimilar for Dan. For me, if I sign out, I'm changing formation to a 4-3-3. Um, it's, it's tough because obviously, like you said, um, 
if I'm not allowed to sign a left winger, then that then that does complicate it a little bit more. So I'd probably follow Dan's approach as well. And I think essentially we're just trying to replicate the city model um, with, with technical overloads. Because um, obviously you could have ESR out on the left, but that also means that Saka has to play as an outlet, which obviously I think he can and he can develop it. But I just don't know if that takes away from other aspects of his game. Do you know what I mean? Because he showed he can do a lot more than just be an outlet. Um, so I would probably, yeah. And also with that, you worry whether like ESR, Saka and Aubameyang as a front three is enough goals. Um, but obviously that's what I'm banking on. Do you know what I mean? Both of them becoming more goal scoring threats. But to start with that um, and to go into a season with that, I think I think is obviously a bit of a risk. So um, yeah, I think I would go with like, because I'm, I'm not a fan of Pepe on the left and I don't think that engages Tierney as well because I feel like when Tierney plays, Tierney needs to dominate that whole left flank. And Pepe isn't the sort of guy like who's going to, you know, play Tierney in because he wants to go to goal himself. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think I, I agree I, with you there, actually. Yeah, I so it's, it's, a, it's a tough one because mm-hmm. I also, I'm not that keen on Martine, Martinelli on the left, but I feel like that is the closest in terms of, you know, profile, in terms of having someone aggressive who wants to run to goal, who wants to pop off a lot of shots. And it's a different dynamic to, you know, the rest of the midfielders we have. Um, you ask a question because I think our destabilizes a lot, and I feel like he makes us have to change a lot. So, if we do sign him, I don't feel like we slot him into our system and it just works. We can't afford to have another stuttering start, we've got to hit the ground running. And this is why I ask this question Do you feel like, even at that price, do you feel like ours are right signing because we've got a lot of work to do and change around the team to make it real, really bang, in my opinion? So, so but I, I still think, obviously, this, this at least this year, um, obviously, Boris has announced that stadiums are open. We're having a full pre season, we're playing like six to eight games. So, I feel like Arteta has a bit more time now to try and implement, like, obviously, I'm not really giving him that leeway, but he might use that as an excuse. But now, you know, you have a full, full preseason with the team to implement that sort of 4-3-3 because obviously we saw he tried it in the second leg against Villarreal. So obviously maybe that is something which is on his mind. So maybe it gives him time to drill and work on the spacing because the spacing in that second leg was a big, big issue, you know, between party was covering massive, massive swaths of space and, you know, ESR and Odegaard, they were all like disconnected a bit, you know, whereas compared to, you know, when you watch the Italy midfield in terms of how close they are um, in terms of the spacing and even City as well in terms of the spacing. So I, I think that might that, that's something that can be coached. Do you know what I mean? So um, I, I, I would still do it. But yeah, obviously it would need work on the training ground. I'll give you my thoughts and I've got some reservations, right? Party, when he came into the league, he seemed to struggle with the intensity. He'd never had injuries and he's all of a sudden getting lots of injuries and niggly injuries. Also, he, 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 he was visibly tired towards the end of games a lot last season. So when I take that into consideration, keeping him in as a single pivot worries me a bit. Even though I love the player, it worries me because he's got a lot of work to do. And then you go and stick two relatively young players, one in terms of our who does not press, his pressing numbers are appalling, um, and he's not the hardest worker, two, Emil Sifro, who runs his socks off, but particularly on the offensive end, and he's young, he's going to get caught out. I think we're giving party a lot of work to do. So if I'm actually um, building this team and I'm signing our, um, I'm not having party... I'm, at, I'm not having party at the base that 4 3 I'm bringing in imaginary CM, so let's say Basuma for, for uh, argument's sake. I'm playing party. 
and then I am playing one of our or ESR in that midfield. I disagree with Sharon in the fact that I actually like Pepe from the left. I think it simplifies his game a lot and I feel like he can be more direct. But the way I'll tell him to play is an inside forward. I want you as close to Aubameyang as possible. You still let Tini dominate that flank because he's left-footed. Um, obviously, he's going to want to go on the outside when he's taking a player 1v1. But if you tell him to play in the half space and go towards goal, I feel like that is... And obviously, ours... Um, is it, I was right-footed. No, I was left-footed, sorry. But, um, no, right-footed. He's right-footed. He's right-footed, yeah. So you've got that perfect... Um, he can play the, the perfect um, supply line to Pepe in the inside forward, running in the half space. Our being the left centre mid. Fantastic. We've also got... Um, so I said we've got, sorry, our, our on the left, um, Pepe as an inside forward coming in. He, I, I think Pepe can get a lot of goals from that position, personally, because... You, you're not asking him to touch the ball. You're not asking him to take to, um, to, to do much. You just ask him, look, stay as close to a as possible, make as many runs as possible, and just shoot. Get as many shots off as possible. So I think that is a good way. And then we've got to see what Saka on the right side being a creative wide player. I think that's a good way for us to set up. I would then have, um, yeah, so like a Basuma at the base and a party at the base. And I feel that if you've got two players like that in the midfield, you're not giving party too much work to do. You're letting party... Um, do what he's probably best at, which is the expressive side of the game and finding lines, progressing play through dribbling and passing. And then you've got someone who's a specialist ball winner in there who, who's doing the work. Now, I think it's different to put someone like Renato next to him because Renato is industrious. Renato gets about the pitch and does his dribbling and does everything else. So if you've got Renato on party, you kind of share the burden. But then if you put party with our and ESR in one midfield, I feel like uncle's going to have a heart attack very quickly. Of course, yeah, of course. And and I think I, I was mainly thinking of the iteration of when we playing at home. When we playing at home against the likes of Burnley and stuff, that's 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 how I think we should be um, setting up. And I also think we, we do need to get another centre midfielder. And ideally for me, I like Renato a lot. Um, I, I still kind of feel like Basuma is the one for me. I just, I feel like Basuma Partey is like physically and in terms of under pressure and... Um, being able to win the ball back, being able to squeeze up the pitch, I just it just gives you so much um, that, and I, I'm I'm comfortable I'm comfortable and confident in both of them together, um, being very solid. So I would make that the second time um, the second time of turning the Suma, and um, I do I do think your um your sort of argumentation on Pepe and as an inside forward is is is, is good and nice. I do think Saka can also play on the left again. Um, I think he's played with Tierney quite a few times when they've they've managed to overload that side very very strongly, and um, I think as a weapon, for example, the Tierney the Tierney overlap and cutback to Pepe on the other side would be quite an effective tool, and that's a tool that we've tried at the start of last season or like towards um, or in, in around the FA Cup run. That was something that we did quite a lot: the Tierney cutback, and then Pepe arriving late, basically. Um, finishing across his body sort of thing and I think just the way Pepe finished the end of the season I do think this, he has scoring potential he can score out of nothing if you simplify his game left or right I think he can he can bag I'm actually I'm, I'm pretty certain that if he plays enough games he will get double figures again just because I think he's gonna he's feeling himself again I've seen his Instagram posts like this brother is feeling himself I'm telling Love you himself, bro. <laughs> so I think I think yeah maybe we need to lean into him a little bit 
I do kind of still feel like we need we need that wide forward. There's a real like one me one threat. I can't lie. I, lo- I, lo- I love Doku, man. That guy looks like 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 him like him Chiesa. I love those type yeah. of guys, man. Do you know what I mean? They're just they're just relentless. Like and also that other one that's going to Ajax now, um, Camaldine Sulemana oh, as well. He's another one. He's just he relentless. Like, yeah, yeah. He just he looks relentless as well. So yeah, that that I, I feel like if we were creating a four three three like that wide that wide left forward because one of the things obviously I I'm a big ESR stand obviously but obviously he's quite a low touch 10 so I feel like to complement that you need quite a high touch like left winger someone who likes to be on the ball a lot because one of the things I've seen as well it's a, a lot of it depends on the construction of the team because obviously we've seen Aubameyang likes to attack attack space Pepe likes to attack space Martinelli likes to attack space um, ESR can make him runs behind so it just depends on how you want to construct the team. Obviously, you don't want to have too many in behind and not enough ball to feet as well. So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, having a multi-purpose left winger, if we're not going to buy a 10, is something that can also have a big, big impact for us as well. So, and, and I do like Doku. I really do. I do like him a lot, man. I really like Doku as well. I like that profile. Doku, as I said, Doku, I think I've gone a bit off Coleman because I think the injuries are too mad and he's too, he's too young to be having this many injuries. But I think... Kingsley Coleman is, is is gonna go somewhere. He's probably gonna be good, but he's not gonna play that many games. So I think Doku Doku's the one, maybe. Um, and like I said, I, I've I've always liked Chiesa. Like even before when he was still at Fiorentina, I was a big big fan of him. He's very much a very un-Italian type player. Do you know what I mean? You don't really see Italians like him. But I feel like that's a massive dynamic. Like if obviously Juve didn't have him, I would say all in for him. But obviously, yeah. impos- what, what, impossible to get him out of Juve. So. What were the other? Um, I think because we talked about this before about the the one v one demons. We talked about Saint Maximum as well. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. About Actually, Bogo, that, yeah, Bo, Jeremy Bogo. Yeah, there could be a lot of dribbles. I mean, Saint Maximum is is still another option, really and truthfully. Obviously, I know he's on that long term deal at Newcastle, but I feel like oh, if you, Willock. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you, you you've got you've got the Willock carrot if you really wanted Saint Maximum, and that's another aggressive one v one demon as well who. He wants to go at his man all the time as well. So, so we, if we really wanted to go that way, there's there's options. But again, like you said, it's hard to ascertain just because we don't know how Arteta wants to construct um, yeah, the team. So, it's, <laughs> so we're, we're we're all obviously putting in our hypothetical situations, but a, a, a lot could change because obviously I put in um, the group today. You know that did you? I don't know if you saw that chart between ESR and Hour. And obviously, um, Awar came out statistically. He, he scores very, very well on it because obviously Awar's another high touch, high octane player. He likes the water feet a lot. Like you said, he likes to dribble a lot. Um, so, because obviously, I see ESR as more of a secondary rather than a primary creator as well. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. More questions than answers. Yeah, I agree. It's an interesting one still. So, we're going to have to see how the things manifest over the next few weeks the who we are linked with who we start moving through i think things will start to heat up at the end of the euros obviously um we've got a couple of players uh, who we're linked with who are still at the euros and i feel like you need a couple of big dominoes to fall in the transfer market which will always start with the premier league clubs uh, and when that happens the money is going to be kind of recycled round. so um the issue is because pre-season starting we're going to get these players in late again the ones that are going to come from euros are going to come back late again and that really um, people at the Olympics as well is going to hinder the start to our season. But it is what it is. This is what you're paid the big money for. Arteta's got to figure it out. Um, so, um, something I didn't really want to talk about, but we're going to have to talk about it. Well, actually, I do want to talk about it because Sean owes me money. Like, this guy, shamelessly, 
Brother, I don't know. He gets excited. So he's in the group chat talking now. And next thing I see is like, I've got a feeling about like a telly, you know. Next thing I see, yo, 50 pounds. <laughs> Straight away. I was like, I, I couldn't even believe it. I just took his money. I was like, look, I know you've got kids. I know you've got rust to buy, all that kind of stuff. But I thought, you know what? Like, he's getting big for his group. So I thought, let me just take his money. But, I'm going to have to accept the L on that one. Bro, within <laughs> 10 minutes, we've, we see Locatelli close to you, babe, after we've done a bit. But, um, so he's turfed us, and a lot of opposite fans, a lot of ops, um, no names, Morale, um, Ayo, Ayo, more, more Ayo, um, are getting at us saying, like, we've fallen off, we're getting mugged, we're getting aired, etc. Me, personally, I just think it's a Juve thing. So, like, Juve, the biggest club in Italy, in it? So what, what do you not think about him saying no to us and um, trying to hold out for Juve. There, there, there's not much you can do. Like you said, it's, it's Juve, in it? Italians <laughs> going to Juve. So really and truthfully, like there's, yeah, I mean, there's not much. Like if they've, they've got the money now to pay it, then then it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty much a done deal, in it? So there's, yeah, it's, which is a shame. But like, and like you said, like there's no shame in losing out to Juve <laughs> to a player in it. Do you know what I mean? So you, yeah. we could be in Champions League and we could still lose out to Juve on a player. So I, I, I don't really think that one reflects badly on us in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. I, I agree. I mean, um, I think you can always compare Juve to Bayern in Germany, um, and German travel and players are more likely to leave the Bundesliga. So whenever one of the really good ones doesn't go to Bayern Munich, you're like, oh, what's what's happened here? But they are more likely to just go to other leagues, you know. Whereas the Italians don't really travel, like. What 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 Italian is really good? Um, have you known to leave Italy? I think the it, only it's one. It's only that, really Verratti. Yeah, that's Verratti. The, that's at PSG, but yeah. They go to Juventus. They go to, they go to AC. They just stay there and chill. You know, that's that's what they do. And they all go to like the incestuous. They go AC, then they'll go Juve. <laughs> they do the whole lot. They go back to. It's mad. Like I think it's mad. Finish at Parma. Crazy, but people take say Jorginho, but that Don is Brazilian. He was in Brazil till he was like 15. <laughs> like, Thiago Mata. Don't come with no Jorginho. Anyway, well, that's everything I had to cover today, guys. Um, hopefully, we have some more news soon as things pick up. Preseason starts. We've got a club to watch again. And we've got things to talk about. But thank you very much for listening. Obviously, like, subscribe, all of the. Um, all of the social media, touchy gooners and touchline fracas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not really good at this housekeeping stuff because I've never hosted this before. So like, shout out Lewis and that. We'll have Lewis and um, uh, Nigerian Dan back soon. Um, they're obviously enjoying England's win. Um, but yeah, anything else you've got to say, guys, before we wrap up? No, oh, tell, a, tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe to the Patreon. More to come. More Patreon, yeah. We're gonna... yeah and, and join the Discord lives. That's yeah. fun, though. This season, we've got some big plans for Patreon. We're, we're, we're going to smash out the Patreon this year. So please try and um, subscribe and support us because um, we're trying to take this thing to the next level. So um, thank you for all the patrons that are still there. We love you. Um, thank you for rocking with us. Um, we really appreciate the support. Um, and yeah, uh, sign up. So that's the end of the episode. Have a nice evening, guys, or whenever you're listening to this, morning, evening, commute. It's got to 2-2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go, and here's Ozil. Lacazette. Ozil! Yo! Could have went left, but it went right. Could have went right, but it went right.
Network.